the core values of, are important. And, you know, again, coming up on the 20-year anniversary of, of Alpine Church, what a better time to, uh, you know, no better time, I guess, to kind of reinforce our core values and, and really celebrate them. And so that's what we kind of hope to do in this series. And as John said, um, the core value we're going to be talking about today is, is we work hard at healthy relationships. Uh, and, you know, we have all kinds of relationships in our life, right? I mean, we've got, we've got our spouses, we've got our kids, we've got um, uh, in-laws, uh, we've got the, uh, our co-workers, right? We've got our siblings, we've got our neighbors, we've got all kinds of relationships in our life. And I think we can agree that sometimes these relationships get complicated, right? They get uh, challenging. That's a, that's a nice way of saying that I, our relationships tend to cause us problems, right? And, and sometimes I think that we can get to a place, I hope I'm not the only one, but we can get to a place where we think that it would be easier if we could just live life on our own, not have to worry about relationships, not have to worry about all the complications that come with it, and just live life on our own. But I think the, the movie Castaway, wait, is it Castaway? Where the guy's on the island by himself and goes crazy? Well, ultimately, I mean, that kind of stuff really happens. And you know why? It's because we were made to be in relationship with people. We were created to be relational. You know, first we were created to be in a relationship with God and, and to be in relationship with other people. And so, um, you know, that's why being relationships are so important. And that's why God's Word actually talks about what a healthy relationships look like. And so we're going to kind of really be grounded in Romans chapter 12, verses 9 and 10, as we, we talk about healthy relationships. And I want to start off by, by, by reading the actual passage. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Now, before we kind of dig into that, that, that short passage and, and find out what healthy relationships kind of look like, I, I want to talk about the, the chapter 12 in Romans real quick. You know, because a lot of times I, I think we approach chapter 12 in Romans and, and we think that it's, it's all about spiritual gifts, right? Because, I mean, Paul starts off that chapter uh, talking about us being um, a living sacrifice to God. Right, kind of encouraging us to encouraging us to submit our, our lives to God and, and honoring Him and glorifying Him. And then he, he kind of moves on and he, he says, he, he says, allow God to transform you. Right? Allow God to transform you um, into a new person, kind of transform the way that you think, uh, the way that you think. And and then he, he kind of moves on to how we relate to one another in church, right? He, he kind of describes the body of Christ as, as a body and that that body has, has different members and those members have different roles in order to accomplish the, 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 the ministry that Jesus started on earth, right? Sharing God's truth with people. 
And here is where Paul begins to mention about spiritual gifts and how when we put our trust in Jesus, we're given these, these gifts from God, that God picks the gifts that we get. And we're supposed to use these gifts as the body of Christ to help people pursue God. But this whole chapter is about relationships. It's all about how we get along together, how we relate to one another. You know, it's interesting that uh, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul also talks about spiritual gifts in this chapter as well. He kind of goes into a little bit more detail about these gifts and, and kind of mentioning some that, again, that the gifts are given by the Holy Spirit. These gifts are to be used by us to, to kind of continue Jesus's ministry here on earth, helping people pursue God, um, that these gifts are, are supposed to benefit the church and gifts like healing, discernment, wisdom, faith, prophecy, knowledge. And, and Paul actually goes on to express how important these spiritual gifts are because they are important. They help us fulfill our purpose here on earth in honoring God. But you know, Paul says this um, in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 2. He, he points out that as important as spiritual gifts are, there's something far more important. And this is what he says. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. I mean, Paul is, is saying that I could have all these gifts that God gives us. I could have all these gifts, but if I didn't love others, if I don't love others, I would be nothing. You see, Paul wants us to understand that spiritual gifts are important. But our relationships are more important. Because of this, we kind of want to point out that um, kind of three different uh, aspects of a healthy relationship that we can, are going to pull out of that Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 10. And the first one is this. Healthy relationships are authentic. This is what he says. Don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Don't just pretend to love others, really love them. I mean, have you noticed how easy it is, uh, how tempting it is to be superficial? Right? I mean, we, we come to church sometimes and we, we try to put on a show. We're tempted to put on that show like nothing's wrong in our life. Right, like that we haven't made any mistakes or, or our family is perfect. We kind of try to dress it up and put on the show. And, and I think that, that the reason why we're, so, we're tempted to do this a lot of the times is because we're worried about what people will think of us. Or maybe we're kind of stuck in this mode to where, you know, we want relationships, but if they knew who I really was, maybe they wouldn't like me. Maybe they wouldn't want to be in relationship with me. And so we kind of dress up and, and put on a show or, or put on that mask. And we, we, we're in these relationships and we're not really who we are. 
I think we've probably noticed this, you know, maybe if around the, the coffee pot at work or, you know, sitting on break talking to somebody, a coworker at work, and you're sitting there jawning up with them, having a good conversation, and all of a sudden the boss comes by, right? All of a sudden the boss or the manager, somebody important in the company comes by, and the person that you were just talking to all of a sudden changes to a, a completely different person. Right? Maybe they, they, they don't even, maybe before they were kind of using some, some little bit of slang words or something. And, and now, I mean, it's clean talking. I mean, they, they're putting on this show that, you know, that they're, they're the one that should be uh, promoted, right? That they're, the, uh, they're worthy of a promotion, right? They can, they can walk in their circles. Or maybe it's kind of that, uh, that kid that you see at school that, acts one way around one group of friends or in one kind of clique of friends and then acts completely different when they're in another group of friends. You see, these kind of relationships, they're not healthy. They're not authentic. You see, authentic, an authentic relationship is when you can be who you really are, the good and the bad. Right? The, the strengths of your personality and the weaknesses of your personalities. Now, we're not celebrating the bad, but an authentic relationship is where you can be who you really are, weaknesses and strengths, not putting on a show or trying to impress people. You know, and I think the key to actually creating an environment where people, where we can feel like we can have those authentic relationships is an environment of love. You see, being loving to someone means that you think the best of them. Being loving to someone is, is thinking the best of them. You see, regardless of, of um, you know, maybe the little annoyances that people have, Regardless of the abrasiveness that you might think somebody's kind of abrasive in the way that they talk or in the way that they act, you know, regardless of potentially annoying behaviors and, and the, the different ways people dress and maybe the different way people's, people act or the mistakes that people make, regardless of all that, you see, our objective is not to judge people's life. See, to love somebody means that we're not there to, to judge all the little things in people's lives, right? We're treating them with the dignity and value that God created them with. See, I think that if we were able to create more of this kind of environment, not only would it free us up to be authentic, to be who we really are, Mistakes and all, not worrying about that, man, those people are going to think I'm awful. Those people are going to think I'm a fool. Those people aren't going to want to associate with me. We would be freed if we had, were in that environment, if that love, we would be freed to be ourselves and have more authentic relationships and not put on a show. You see, healthy relationships are authentic, and that authenticity is made possible by love. The second aspect of a healthy relationship that we find is healthy relationships are imperfect. 
I mean, um, think about it. There's no such thing as a perfect person. So there's not going to be anything, uh, there's not going to be no such thing as a, as a perfect relationship. There's just not because we're all imperfect people. We all make mistakes. We all screw up. I mean, think of all the ways that we can mess up a relationship. Think about it. Miscommunication, right? We, we miscommunicate. We say things, and, and maybe we say it in a, in a specific way that somebody gets offended by it. Somebody takes offense. Doesn't matter whether we meant it to be offensive or not, we've miscommunicated and somebody was hurt. You know, what about um, kind of our, our bouts of, of selfishness? You know, maybe you've made a, com you made a commitment to somebody and you got wrapped up in, in doing something for yourself or something came up in your own life you know, for yourself, and you weren't able to kind of follow through with that commitment. Now somebody's hurt, a relationship is hurt, you know, bouts of, of selfishness. Maybe, maybe you've actually stuck your neck out for somebody, right? You kind of stuck your neck out for somebody. You want to kind of help them out, give them an opportunity, and they blew it, right? They screwed up. You stuck your neck out for them. Now you're hurt. I mean, there's so many things that can cause problems within our relationships. Broken trust, betrayal, manipulation, lying, unkind words. There's many things that make these, our relationships challenging. So what makes an imperfect relationship healthy? Well, this is what I think it is. I think an, uh, an imperfect relationship is healthy when two imperfect people Right? Two imperfect people in an authentic relationship that we just talked about, right? An authentic, loving relationship are unwilling to give up on the relationship. It's when two imperfect people in an authentic relationship are unwilling to give up on it just because there's been an offense or been a harm or hurt. You know, I think kind of... Many times our natural reaction when we're offended or when we're hurt is just to say, bag it and be done with it, right? We, we kind of want to detach from the pain, but that wouldn't be an authentic, loving relationship. Look what it says in, uh, in Romans chapter 12 as we continue. It says, you know, it said, don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Hate what is wrong and hold tightly to what is good. You see, in the context of this passage, remember Paul is, is talking about how we relate together in, in loving relationships. I believe Paul is, is telling us to, to be courageous in confronting the wrongs, right? Be courageous in confronting the bad of our relationships and affirming what's good in them. You see, he says, hate what's wrong, right? Hate what's wrong. The, the wrongs need to be addressed. They can't be overlooked. They need to be addressed. But you hate the wrongs while holding tightly to what is good. Hating the wrong while holding tightly to what is good. And I, I believe that holding tightly to what is good is that disposition of love towards one another, right? That just because we've made a mistake doesn't mean we're, that person is less valuable, 
Just because that person has hurt someone doesn't mean that they're less valuable and and should be unloved. I think Paul was actually alluding to, possibly alluding to something that Jesus said in Matthew 18, verse 15. He said this, if another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offense. If the other person listens and confesses it, you have won that person back. You see, Jesus is is acknowledging that that people are going to hurt you, right? Jesus is acknowledging that, that you're going to hurt some people. But it doesn't mean that we just give up on the relationship by never addressing the hurt, never addressing the bad, just storing it inside and, and let, letting it fester, right? It, it doesn't mean that we just, um, you know, share the hurt with other people. It doesn't mean that we, we go around and give up on the relationship and just share with other people how somebody has hurt us. It doesn't mean that We don't give up on the relationship by blowing up and expressing our frustration and anger at the person. Jesus says you don't ignore it. You don't blow up about it. You don't gossip about it. You confront the wrong in love. You see, he says you go privately to that person that has harmed you or the person that's involved in the the bad, whatever it is, and you bring it up, the, the offense, in love. You know, have you ever been in a conversation, and uh, maybe you know the person well, maybe you don't, and so you're, you're sitting in that conversation, and all of a sudden you notice that that person's got a booger hanging off their nose. <laughs> right? It, it's an uncomfortable situation. Because not only are you distracted by what they're, you know, you're not even listening to what they're saying hardly, but you're trying to keep track of that booger just to make sure it doesn't get lost or, you know, you you end up getting it back on a handshake after the conversation. And so you're tracking it, right? You're, You're tracking it and hoping they don't notice and you're wondering, should I say something? Should I tell him that he's got a booger on his nose? And you're, you're not quite sure what to do, right? You're a little, you're a little worried. You're like, ah, I don't want to embarrass him. I, I feel uncomfortable. I don't want to be embarrassed. I, I don't know how, I don't, how do I say it? How do I let him know so he doesn't feel silly? And then the conversation ends and you kind of let this guy, let this person go off with the booger on their nose without ever saying anything. And who knows? Maybe the person walks into the biggest meeting he's ever had in their life with a booger on their nose. Now, I think we've, I don't know, I think we've all experienced how uncomfortable it can be in a situation like that. But you know that, that determination that you're not going to say anything is ultimately an incredibly selfish idea. Because you're more concerned about your discomfort of letting somebody else know they've got a booger on their nose than them. You know, sadly, uh, I think some of us feel, actually feel more comfortable when somebody has done us wrong blowing up on them. Blowing up on them. We've been harmed. We've been offended. We want to be the one that, that hands justice causing more harm and destruction in the relationship. I think some of us feel more comfortable 
um, never addressing it, never addressing the offense and actually just trying to bury it inside and allowing that offense to sit there and fester, fester and, and boil and, and prevent us from truly having an authentic relationship with that person. I think some of us feel more comfortable talking to other people about how somebody has hurt us, how somebody has offended us without ever bringing it to them. Not only further harming our relationship with them, but also harming their relationship with other people. You see, in a healthy relationship, we're willing to wrestle with that discomfort of bringing things up to people we're in relationship with. We're willing to be courageous, courageously confront what's bad in our relationships while affirming the good in them. You know, and I think that if we make that choice to be courageous and confront the bad with the person like Jesus said, not doing it in front of people, but taking them aside, meeting with them, sharing with them how they've hurt us, sharing with them how they've offended us, that most often we'll find that that'll open up the door for the relationship to kind of uh, more opportunities for that relationship to grow and flourish. More often than not, I think people actually don't realize how bad they've hurt us. You see, these healthy, authentic relationships uh, where we confront the bad but hold tightly to the truth don't just happen by accident. Healthy relationships are nurtured. They're nurtured. And we can see this in that last portion of those, those verses. It says, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. You know, the love each other with genuine affection, the, in the NIV, it, it phrases it like this, be devoted to one another in love. You know what it means to be devoted to something? To be devoted to something means that you're spending the majority or if not all your time, your effort, I mean, you're working hard at whatever you're devoted to. And Paul is saying, be devoted to one another in love. See, Paul is telling us to nurture our relationships. They don't get healthy by accident. We nurture them. And he actually goes on as we continue to go through Romans. And, and I just want to pull out three things that Paul says real quickly that, that we can practice to help nurture our relationships. And the first one is this. Um, the first one is, is empathy, right? In, in Romans 12, verse 15, it says, Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. That's empathy. You know, I think it's easy for us to, to have empathy to people in the happy times, right? When, when somebody comes to you and they're, they're sharing how they got that new promotion or how they have another kid on the way or how they've made it into the college that they hoped they would get into, it's easy to celebrate those happy times with people and, and be, show empathy towards them in those happy times. I believe it's difficult to show empathy when somebody has been hurt, when somebody feels like they've been harmed or, or been offended, and, we're try and we don't understand why. You know, I think we at, at times get stuck in this. Somebody is expressing that they're hurt, they're offended, 
And when they explain why, we just don't understand it. We think, well, you, you shouldn't be offended by that. Get over it. You shouldn't be hurt by that. God, stop it. Right? I mean, those are the difficult times to, to show empathy is when, for some reason, we just don't make the connection as to why they're hurt. But you know what? 100% of us have been hurt. We all know what it feels like to be hurt. Do you really have to understand why that person was hurt rather than just accepting that they're hurt and showing empathy for the pain that they're feeling? You see, the more empathy that we can show in our relationships, the, we will be nurturing our relationships. The next one is found in, in verse 16. And it says, do not be proud. Uh, do not be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. See, I believe what Paul is getting at here is humility within our relationships. And I think Paul kind of keyed on something that we all have the tendency of doing. A lot of times we approach relationships based on the benefit that we can receive from it. Right? We, we work on relationships where we think people might uh, maybe make us more prosperous or, or relationships that would give us more prominence maybe in the community, people that maybe seem more successful or kind of just more visible. Like we have the tendency of approaching relationships to serve ourselves. And Paul is saying, be humble. Approach relationships, not what you can get from relationships, but what you can provide in those relationships. Humility. The last one is in verse 17, and it says, never pay back evil with more evil. It's talking about forgiveness, being more forgiving in our relationships. You know, the truth is when I get offended, when I get hurt, when I am wronged and, and I'm in pain because of that wrong, nothing frustrates me more than seeing the person that has wronged me and it seems like they're having a good time. I want them to feel pain. I'll be honest with you. I want them to feel pain. I want them to be judged. And a matter of fact, I want to be the one that judges them. I want to be the one that hands judgment down on them. But you know the truth is, more than likely, even if I had the opportunity to hand justice down on them, do you ever think that it would be enough? Would it ever feel like enough uh, to subside the pain that I feel from being offended or hurt? It wouldn't. And so what ends up happening when we're not willing to forgive people, the unforgiveness actually festers and burns up inside of us, and they're fine. It's just eating us alive. And so if we can become more forgiving when we are offended or hurt, our relationships will be nurtured. You see what being forgiving means? It doesn't mean that you act like nobody ever did anything wrong to you. It just means that 
You're, you're forgiving them. You're, you're allowing judgment to pass. And you're leaving the judgment in God's hands. You're believing that God is just, that God is good, and that God is going to take care of it. Now, the question is, why would we do something like that? Why, why be more forgiving? Well, I believe the Bible gives us an answer for that. In Ephesians 4, verse 32, it says, Be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. You see, as people, we do some terrible things to one another. No question about it. No question about it. But nobody has offended anybody any greater than the offense that we have given to God. Right? We are sinful. We're sinful. You know what that means? That means that basically we're, what we're doing is our nature is to tell the God, the one that has created us, the one that knitted us in our mother's womb, the one who has given us purpose to live life, is we're basically telling him, God, I don't need you. I'm going to make my own rules. I'm going to live life on my own. I'm going to be my own God. I don't need you. And even with that offense, what did God do? God made a way for us to be forgiven. You see, despite that offense, God wanted a relationship with us. And that's why Jesus came to earth. That's why Jesus put himself on the cross. That's why Jesus gave his life so that we could be forgiven. Jesus paid the price for our sin by putting our trust in him. We are forgiven from God. And it says, forgive one another just as God through Christ has forgiven you. You see, healthy relationships are nurtured. And we can nurture those relationships by showing more empathy towards one another, approaching our relationships with humility and being more forgiving. See, we can have these healthy relationships even if it doesn't necessarily come natural to us. You know, so as we um, do our best to live as the body of Christ, helping one another pursue God, helping people pursue God outside in the community. One of the core values that I want to encourage you to keep in mind is that we should work hard at healthy relationships. Will you pray with me? Father, we, we give you praise, and, and Lord, we exalt you for the forgiveness that we can find in you. Father, I thank you for providing a way for us to be in relationship with you. And Lord, I, I pray that you would strengthen us and, and give us the strength to work hard at healthy relationships with one another in the community around us. Lord, that, um, that you would use us for your glory uh, in helping people pursue you. In the name of Jesus, amen.